From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. Navy SEALs. No matter what your political views are, no matter what country you live in, if you know anything about the Navy SEALs and the kind of training and preparation you go through, you know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, they are uh, perhaps unequivocally some of the, the most emotionally and physically and mentally tough people on the planet. And today we have Mark Devine here, who is one of the elite SEALs, years of experience, also a best-selling author, and also has the unique uh, mix of, of le- very, very substantial business experience and academia. And so we're going to talk about how to create an unbeatable mind and what are the things, the rituals, the practices, the routines, and the beliefs that Navy SEALs follow and indoctrinate themselves with and 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 the the concepts that go on inside their culture to create these extraordinary human beings that are capable of of just amazing amazing performance it's absolutely incredible mark is going to share these these what he calls the big four these four areas in your life or four practical sort of generations that you have to go through to prepare yourself to to be unbeatable. And then at the end of the show, I'm going to kind of just di- dissect and, and debrief the five core concepts that I took away from Mark and how I, th- I'm applying them and how we're applying them with our team at Southwestern. And it's amazing how much of this is congruent to stuff that we teach, but also very edifying. So we're going to talk about multiplying your performance through an unbeatable mind and how do Navy SEALs create that. We'll get started just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 12,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one business action planning session with a Southwestern Coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. Mark Devine uh, has a degree in economics from Colgate University and an MBA in finance from NYU. Um, his first career was with uh, Coopers and uh, Libran, which is now PricewaterhouseCoopers, um, as a CPA. But four years after joining, Mark left uh, and became uh, pursued his vision to become an elite Navy SEAL officer. And what's cool, not only was he in the Navy SEALs, but he graduated as the honor man. Uh, the number one ranked trainee of his uh, SEAL Buds class, number 170, served nine years active duty um, and 11 years as a reserve SEAL. 
Um, he is the New York Times bestselling author of The Way of the Seal and Eight Weeks to Seal Fit. Um, he's also an accomplished martial artist uh, with uh, multiple black belts and uh, is a yoga instructor and just an awesome guy. L- more rare known fact, in the, in the SEALs, his nickname was Cyborg. So, Mark, welcome to the show, man. <laughs> I don't know where you learned that one. That was pretty good. I know we're digging. We we, we spent some time <laughs> digging, digging around there, and, and you know I have to tell you, as soon as I, you know, I, I've I've heard I've known about you for a while, and, and the various books and the works that you're doing, but you know this concept of unbeatable mind, um, really, just really, you know, sunk in with me right away, and and I think I think it's so relevant to everybody, and I just wanted to kind of like try to get inside your brain a little bit about how to create one. And one of the things that you talk about is a 20 X factor. Can you like, can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, sure. You know, most people have heard of hell week. Hell week is the one week during the nine months of seal, you know, in doc training or basic training, they call buds and then SQT. And so it was one week that's kind of famous. And that's the week called hell week where we trained from you know Sunday afternoon until Friday, the following Friday around the clock without, any sleep. Actually, they give us four hours just to mess with us on Thursday. But so it's, it's kind of legendary, you know, and, and it really is, um, it's multi-purposed, but I would say the dominant purpose is to teach those that make it through it, that they're capable of practically anything that they put their mind to. And, um, the reason I use the 20 X term is because as I was preparing myself for my own hell week, you know, I kind of, I had some unique rituals. My my teammates were all sitting and messing with their gear and, you know, they, we had this big tent set up side of Buds and they're kind of like anxiously awaiting what we call breakout, which is the start. And I had, you know, kind of wandered off over the berm, you know, and just sat and looked at the ocean and just, you know, began my breathing and kind of meditation practice, what I now call, you know, winning in my mind before the battle. And as I was sitting there, um, one of the instructors came up to me and he kind of smiled. He like, he looked at me and I, I don't know what was going through his head, but he must've been thinking, okay, this guy is a little bit different and he's doing something different and I get it. And he came to me and he goes, Mark, he goes, you got nothing to worry about. He goes, you're capable 20 times more than you think you are. Have fun, you know, basically have fun with this one. Cause he knew for some reason that I was going to make it through. And when the, when the training started, you know, again, the, the first like 50 some odd hours are the, are the hardest because that's the, like the new reality of this, your life circumstances setting in your body is all of a sudden saying, I am exhausted. I haven't slept. I'm freezing cold. I'm chafed. I'm bleeding. You know, I just ache all over the place. But your mind says, okay, that's all fine and good, but you're not quitting. You got three and a half more days. And so that was what was going through my mind. In the meantime, my, my teammates were quitting left and right. We, you know, we started my class with 185 students, all, you know, highly qualified super studs. By the time we got to hell week, we were probably down to like 120 or something like that. And then by the end of 50 hours of hell week, we were down to like 60. <laughs> and so they were just dropping like flies. And I was just telling myself, can't quit. Just keep going one foot in front of the other, you know, words to that effect. And what I noticed, and I'll, I'll kind of end here, when I noticed, Rory, is that my body started to get stronger. So, you know, after days without sleep, you know, round the clock physical training, most people, conventional wisdom would be that you'd be breaking down and, you know, you'd be almost catatonic. And my body started to build muscle mass and it started to get stronger and I started to get more alert. Now, I was still probably, 
you know, if you were to give me a, uh, some sort of test, I was probably, I would probably have, you know, failed any higher cognitive functions or skills, you know, but I was able to stay focused on the tasks that they were giving to me and to stay focused on my team and to, you know, to drive through. And I was getting stronger and feeling stronger. So that was really profound to me because I realized, you know, afterwards that 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 instructor was right. Like I truly was capable 20 times more than I thought and Hell Week proved it to me. And so that's become kind of a central tenet of my my teaching today is that, you know, you, you are capable 20 times more and then 20 times again, but you got to prove it to yourself in order to believe it at a really gut heart level. You know, I mean, it's not a cognitive thing. You can't just think yourself that you're capable that much more because that's, that's not enough. You know, you've got to, mm. got to know it deeply. So like, give us an example for some pe people that are not that familiar with Hell Week. Like, so you're, you're awake the whole time, except for uh, you know, a few hours on that Thursday. What are some of the other things that you're doing? Well, if you can re even remember, <laughs> <laughs> it was a few years ago, right? But it's one of those things that you don't obviously you don't forget much. The, you know, the evolutions they call every event an evolution. The evolutions range from anywhere from you know a couple hours to like six or eight hours long, and. They had us doing, you know, SEAL-like stuff, but not the not super complicated. Like, we weren't jumping out of helicopters with, you know, live ammunition and bursting down doors because this, you know, wasn't the purpose of the training. Training was to attrite those people who weren't mentally tough or, or, or emotionally resilient and, and couldn't be good teammates. And to prove those of us who were mentally tough, emotionally resilient, and good teammates that we were capable of freaking anything. So the types of things we were doing, like one evolution was to take our 350 pound logs and, you know, to take them on like a 10 mile journey, right? Carrying them over our heads and on our shoulders without putting them down. And so that was, you know, interesting challenge to say the least in the soft sand. Another was to paddle our little rubber boats. They're called IB IBS. Um, I'm not even sure what that acronym was, but we called, <laughs> we called it itty bitty ship. You know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> little rubber boats and there were seven of us and uh, we we had to paddle these itty bitty ships around coronado island in san diego at night and that was i think on like wednesday night or something of hell week and everybody was hallucinating uh, including myself um you know it's like two in the morning and we're just stroke 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 and the guy in front of me um Literally, his paddle slipped out of his hand and started floating past me, and I grabbed it, and his arms kept moving. Like, you know, he kept stroking. <laughs> <laughs> so I took the paddle, I just smacked him over the head with it, and I said, hey, dummy, here's your paddle. He's like, holy cow, I didn't even know I lost that thing. And so then, I remember Joe, Joe Coons <laughs> was telling us a story about this. who was hallucinating and they looked over in one of the other boats. They saw Jesus yeah. and the guy's like, they got Jesus <laughs> in their boat and, and, and nobody thought anything weird about it. They weren't like, they, they didn't go, oh, that, that's it, right? What they all thought was, well, Jesus needs to be in our boat. Yeah, how come and they're like, yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. A, a little bit, you know, longer, a little bit further along. I saw this massive wave well up in front of me and I'm like, water, water. That's what we used to say, you know, when we go through surf passage line, a huge wave came up. And so I ducked down and everyone looks at me like, what are you doing? I said, duck, water. And then I look up and there's nothing there. I'm like, what the heck? This is wow. strange, you know? So your mind, you know, our mind, the body first goes and then the mind goes. And that's, that's kind of the whole point here is that the mind starts to play tricks on you 
and it's your cognitive mind, which is, you know, the reality is, is fraying. And the structures that you used to hang on to as real are starting to, to shift and, and to fray. And so you can't rely on that anymore. And so that was a great lesson for me too. I was like, I can't, I can't rely on the way my mind, the way I used to perceive my mind working because so, it's not, it's not working that way for me under stress. It's not working right under stress. And so what do you, like, what do you do? Like, how do you, so if you go, okay, that your body is capable of 20 times more, how do you access that, right? Like you can say, okay, I get that, but how do you really get yourself to, 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 you know, like execute on that? Yeah. I mean, that's the Holy Grail. So in the seals, it's just through these intense experiences that you like crack open your body, mind system and reorganize it in ways that I don't even think anyone really understands. I don't even think the SEALs understand it. They just know it works. That's why they'll never give up Hell Week. They've had so many, you know, kind of peacetime attempts to get rid of the Hell Week program because they think it's kind of inhumane and, you know, they think it may be too hard. And, you know, there have been people who've died in the training and stuff, but very rare, actually. And, and they're from natural causes, like, you know, someone dies of a heart attack or they... They have an accident and they drown, but no one's died from exhaustion that I'm aware of in Hell Week. Huh. Um, That's interesting by itself yeah, that they haven't just died from flat you, exhaustion. You think they would, but, you know, the point is by the time you get to Hell Week, you know, the, the human body is capable of handling that, you know, if you prepared for it. So anyways, what I'm saying is the SEALs just, the, the training is just brilliant and it's evolved over, you know, 60 years to, to really prepare SEALs for the most rigorous challenges, missions, and environments in the world, and to believe that anything's possible, to believe that they can accomplish any mission. And so, you know, you look at the success rate of the SEALs and it kind of bears it out that that's a pretty effective training method. So, they don't want to mess with it. But I don't think they really understand beyond kind of like the combat effectiveness and some of the work that David Grossman has done with his, you know, uh, understanding about how to condition a warrior for the rigors of combat. I think that's all, you know, that's all like philosophy and, and research. And it's really interesting, but I don't think they understand what's happening at a emotional, even quasi spiritual level or metaphysical level. And also with regard to the brain and the mind and the nervous system and how all those things are, are reorganizing, you know, through neuroplasticity and, and also epigenetics, so that seals are kind of like turning on and off different genes. And I would say, you know, if there was a warrior gene, then the, then the seals have learned how to turn that on in a big way, right? To where, you know, you get, you get activities like you saw with Mark Lee and Michael Mansoor, where they're like, okay, you know what? I, I'm willing to lie my, lay my life down for my teammate. You don't see that very often in modern world. That is a very much of a warrior gene that's been turned on where... You, you put yourself, you know, your teammates so far above yourself. And that's one of the reasons that the training is so effective because nothing gets done alone as a SEAL. That's what we call the SEAL teams. And when you have an individual, let's say, take Mark Devine, who knows that he's capable of 20 times more, and then you put him with a team of, of 14 others in a platoon or maybe, you know, 35 others in a troop or 40 others in a troop, and every one of those individuals knows that they're capable of 20 times more and they're all watching each other's back and care about each other and know that each other is absolutely essential to getting the mission done, 
then you get an effect that's not like 20 times, but like 20 times, 20 times, 20 times, 20 times, you know what I mean? Just multiply it by a number of people. It's, it's, a num- you know, it's an enormous geometric effect in terms of power projection and can-do attitude. So take me to preparing yourself, right? Because I think, you know, like most of us are probably never going to be in this situation. Like, but what, how do you sort of mentally prepare yourself before, you know, battle or war or, you know, because I think at some level, a lot of people listening have some type of competition or game time, or it's like, you know, making a sales call or just having a difficult conversation with your spouse, or your kid or whatever. So like going back to that time, like, what do you do when it's real? Like right before it's real? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Because um, you're right, not everyone is going to go through SEAL training. <laughs> very, very, very few few do. And nor would you want to, frankly, because um, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It doesn't sound appealing to me. I'll say <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> exactly. So I've kind of spent the balance of my, you know, the last 15 years trying to figure out, well, how do you train not that that same experience, even though, you know, through my SEAL Fit program, we have recreated the Hell Week experience and it has an incredible effect and civilians can go through it. But, but through my unbeatable mind training, I looked at it and said, okay, so what's, what's happening? And I tried to understand what is happening at a mind and a body and a spirit and nervous system level. And can I kind of parse out those different elements and train them? And so I began doing that with SEAL candidates back in 2007, 2008, because I started training SEAL candidates. I wanted to help them succeed the way I did in, in SEAL training and, and to have a better career and be more focused and make better decisions in battle and to avoid PTSD and all those things. And, um, and so I began to draw more or kind of like I would say equal parts from my Navy SEAL days with my yoga and martial arts training because I realized that the Eastern practices had a lot of tools and they were a developmental path for accessing greater power, almost 20x power, and developing internal potential and integrating and and being able to use your mind in a a unique way or a better way. And this this is lacking in the West. There really isn't any developmental models that, um, that I'm aware of that didn't come from either the martial arts or yoga. There was some understanding of it philosophically through integral theory and and transpersonal psychology and stuff like that, but there weren't any practices or paths, if you know what I mean, in the traditional sense. And you're a martial artist, so I, I know you and a lot of people know what I'm talking about when I say developmental path. And so I, I looked at my own mil- martial arts training and my own, you know, I was, was deep into yoga and into teach, I've been to multiple teacher trainings and was even developing our own yoga to teach to seals, which I, you know, had to, to really simplify and chunk it out into drills and, and discard any woo-woo, you know what I mean? I took the foo out of the kung fu and took the woo-woo out of the yoga to teach it, teach these things. And so I came up with these skills. I call them, um, well, they, I, they line sort of with what the seals call the big four. But there's, there's more than four, but the biggest and most powerful ones are... Um, first is to develop control over your breath and to use your breath as a center post um, of your training, right? Because the breath is what will lead you to being in physiological control of your body. And so the studies have now verified the power of breath control for stress management, stress release, and for triggering the parasympathetic nervous system to bleed off stress. So it's really, really healthy for you and healthy for your nervous system. But beyond that, 
the breath is a way to stay focused because after all, the brain is a organ of the body. And when your body is calmer, your brain uh, is calmer. I mean, it's experienced subjectively as literally a lower brain, you know, uh, cycle, right? And you, you kind of an alpha beta when you're really calm and, um, and it's healthier, right? And you're detoxing when you breathe deeply and cyclically and you don't, you know, you don't have the choppy patterns associated with an anxious um, emotional states. So the breath control is that first skill that I started teaching the SEAL candidates. And that alone, and I call the practice box breathing, that alone had a profound impact on their ability to focus and remain clear in the heat of battle and that type of thing. And then I said, okay, so once I, I'm physically physiologically and physically in control and I'm clear-headed and able to focus, then it's about um, creating the conditions in my mind so that I can stay focused on the right thing at the right time, stay focused on, um, on my teammates and stay focused on a positive outcome. Whereas, you know, the common individual will seize upon you know, some, something that that's going wrong. And that could be like, I'm suffering because this sucks or, um, you know, I'm, I'm in pain or my, my back hurts, or I can't do this because it's too hard. I can't lift this 300 pound log up anymore. There, there's always something, you know, whether it's physical or mental or something really practical, some challenge or crisis in your life, there's always something, right? Cause that's the human condition every day of your life. There's going to be something that doesn't go well, or right, there's going to be something that's negative, there's going to be some discomfort. And most people will seize upon that and focus on that. And then of course, that which you focus on tends to grow or to, you know, you, it, it attracts energy to it. And so um, I, I learned and I taught these seals that, you know, we, we accept and be non attached to what happens to us. And we take control in a positive sense of what's happening in our mind in both our rational mind as well as our emotional mind. And so we maintain a, a, a really positive, you know, energetic attitude and mindset. I call this positivity. Um, it's kind of an unfortunate term that I chose because I think the whole positive positivity movement is now well known and, and um, it can be easily mistaken for kind of, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Like, I was going to ask you about that. So, like, okay, so let's say you're there, right? You're carrying a 350-pound log. You're nine miles into this journey when you've had no sleep. Obviously, there's some part of your brain going, this sucks, I hate this, I'm tired. What are you... So, you're... Uh, 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 so here, what are you focused... What are you thinking The about? trained mind, okay, the trained mind, as soon as that... As soon as that resistance is experienced, will begin to dialogue in a way that generates power instead of weakness. And so when that log starts to rub the shoulder or starts to get hard, you know, instead of saying, holy cow, I don't think I can do this, or man, this thing's heavy, or how long do we have to do this? Another three hours? You then, you basically shift that to some sort of powerful statement that you also associate with an energetic and emotional state, you know? So one of the classic ones that I have is this is, this is an easy day. I got this piece of cake. 
is an easy day. I got this piece of cake. I'm feeling good and I'm looking good. I ought to be in Hollywood. And so then your internal dialogue, this takes over and starts to drown out any of that other, that other dialoguing. And then you begin to, you know, th this ties into the third skill. The third skill is imaging. So that includes visualization, image projection in terms of the future, what, you know, desired outcomes, you know, because if you can see the win in your mind, then you can achieve the win if you believe it and act forcefully on it, right? And that's, that comes straight from Sun Tzu. The victorious warrior wins in his mind first and then enters the battle. And so the combination of the second skill which is maintaining and develop, developing and maintaining a positive direction and a positive routine and a positive emotional pattern associated with your thought. So this is, you know, requires like training the brain, training the mind to, to act this way all the time, especially when the challenges appear. This then connects to your ability to see yourself succeeding in those challenges, see yourself dominating in those challenging environments, being able to maintain a clear picture of the win in spite of the dark night of the soul moments that might come over you or the team. And, you know, you can connect back to that image of the win and go, oh yeah, that's it. That's why I'm here. And when you say this, you're talking about almost like it, like an eyes closed. I am literally trying to create a movie no. in my no. head of what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, in the practice of visualization, that's the most effective way. But in the application, it's there whether your eyes are open or not, right? And so, so this, this goes, I mean, there's, there's so many subtle skills that are involved. Um, how we use our eyes is important. So if I'm, you know, if I need to lift the log up and put it on my other shoulder, then I, then I shift my mind and my gaze into a very practical, this is my one task right here, right now. I look at the log, I, you know, I coordinate the movements with my team. You know, we breathe together and hoist it up on the command and lower it over. The, and that's a, and that's the only thing I'm doing and thinking of in that moment. Okay. But then let's say right when that's done and we're like, oh, I've got a little relief. It's on the other shoulder now. And we're going to take another hundred paces or so. Then I soften my gaze and my gaze, you know, my eyes literally go from, you know, pupils dilated. I'm focused on a task and I'm outwardly focused to where I, my eyes go really soft and almost like they go wide and I, I like I'm using my peripheral vision. And in that state, your mind will soften. And it's almost like, you know, just letting go and turning inward. And in that inward, even though my eyes are open, I have access to my imagery. And I can go back and check in with it or the image is there for me. Does that make sense? So again, this is the, the tools are how do we use our mind effectively? Our, our minds are so much more powerful when we learn how to use them, right? And so we've been trained here in the West to really dominantly be focused on our cognition, our rational mind, our thinking, right? And then if you're creative, they say, oh yeah, you're creative. So you're using that right brain and you, you have creative powers. The reality is we all have the capacity to, to think better and to avoid our cognitive bias. So that's a skill that we have to train for. But we all, and we also have the capacity to release that, to literally put that act area of our mind, that active area of our mind uh, to rest, like to turn the dial down significantly so that you can open up to what I call direct perception, perceiving things just the way they are right now without having to judge or analyze or anything. And, and a massive amount of information flows in with that. When you're Is thinking, that the fourth part, or that's still part of this image? No, it's still part of the, the second and third skill, like l learning how to use the mind. 
The fourth skill, by the way, is task orientation, learning. What's okay, so the, hold on. So before you do it, do, do that. So, finish, uh, sorry. Finish what so, I was saying, right? Yeah, no, well, I just, uh, this is because, because here's what people do, right? So we coach people for a living. Like, this is what we do is we're coaching salespeople and they need to make a call and they're terrified and they have the opposite, right? In their mind, a war zone plays out where the person screams at them and yells at them and they lose the battle. And then they never, ent- they lose the battle before it begins. And so they never even enter into battle. Correct. But when you talk about this positive part, they go, well, that's, isn't that stupid? Isn't that cheesy? But I mean, it's powerful to hear you like somebody, <laughs> like it's no, powerful so to here, hear. Here's the thing. You, you walk up to the door. Let me try to relate this to, I've never done door to sales, but I did do a sales job for a year where we had to make a hundred calls a day. So it's not that, that was, that's, that was hard. Yeah. You know, get it. Um, you walk up to the door and you're, the first thing you're doing is you're breathing deep in a deep cyclical pattern. And you've trained yourself to do this through our box breathing. Um, deep cycle, four count in, four count out, or four count in, hold briefly to a count of two, and four count out. That's the first skill. While you're doing that breathing, you're saying to yourself, easy day, I got this, I'm going to nail this one. This is a piece of cake. This guy's going to love me, whatever. You know, find your own dialogue. It's got to be your words, and it's got to be meaningful. And then, the you know, when you train this every day, the emotions line up so you feel energetically like a winner, like you're, you're going to get this sale. Now, you know, in a practical sense, you're not going to get them all, but you're going to get this one, right? Then connected to that, again, because you practice this every day is an image of you closing this deal, of you a- as your best self, confident, poised, positively energized, adding value to whoever's going to open that door so that this situation is a win-win and it is beneficial to all involved that you show up on this doorstep, knock on or ring the doorbell, and that whoever answers, it, their life is enriched with your presence. You have that image, right? You believe it. And then your task, the fourth skill is, what's my task? My task is to open that door, smile, and add value to this person, right? And in the, in the, in the process of adding value to educate them about the books that I'm selling or whatever it is that I'm selling. When they offer an objective, your next task is to, you know, with a positive and very graceful and humble way to overcome that objective, right? Not to be a slippery salesperson, not to, you know, to be a human being, to be authentic. Now, what's happening on the other side is because, you know, essentially we're talking about energy transfer here. If you show up at that door full of fear, saying, I'm not sure I'm going to get this, or I'll never get this, or gosh, I've, I've only closed one today and I need, you know, whatever it is in your head and in your body, they're going to feel. It's transferred. And they're going to project that back. They're going to project that fear back. They're going to project that, that no back to you. And, and you're toast, right? You've lost before you even had an opportunity. But if you show up doing everything that I just explained, because you've trained to do it, right? It's not a cognitive thing. It's an actually, you know, this is a very visceral process. Then, you know, what you're going to get on the other side is an energetic synchronization. And, um, and, and you're nine times, 10 times more likely to close the deal, right? But this is, it's like, this is, you know, when I think Navy SEAL, I think, you know, tough as nails. I think physical, I think, 
uh, like I think about the physical, but everything you're describing here, uh, this is all mental. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the mental, I mean, you, you essentially the human being has the body, the mind, and the spirit. If, if all you focus on is a body, you're going to be a one-dimensional being. The body follows the mind. You know, we learned that in the SEAL training as a tenet of what I teach at SEAL, at SEAL Fit. The body follows the mind. And so you could be physically fit and still fail at a sporting event if your mind is not conditioned properly. You could be the most talented athlete, you know, and we see this over and over again, and still fail. You might win one, one or two times, but you're going to fail if your mind isn't conditioned right. So really the mind is, is, uh, is the preeminent. Everything flows from the mind. And then behind the mind is the spirit, and you know, it's beyond the scope of this conversation. But I, I could almost make that same statement that once you connect with the spirit, with your spirit, then everything flows from that. And the mind becomes even more re refined and, and finely tuned with universal principles. And, and that's when like your ultimate power comes out. Um, so you're truly at your most complete, fullest self when body, mind, and spirit are all aligned and um, working together, you know? I mean, it's Mark. This is so cool, and I'm I'm just looking here at the clock. This is the longest interview that we've had, and I mean, we've never let it go this long. And I'm like, Sorry. I have I have a thousand questions that I need to ask you, and I'm like, we we. I mean, I've literally got like ten here about the offensive mind, about yeah, yeah. all these things I that I sent we'll you. Have that to do this again, you know, because yeah. people are thinking, well, how does this work for seals? And I'm thinking it, it it's the same. I mean, seals who are aligned like that. And everyone's operating that way. You know, they literally are shaping their enemies' minds. They, you know, SEALs shape their enemies' mind with their violence of action and offensive mindset. You know, because everyone is thinking, we got this. We are not, we are running toward the sound of gunfire. We're going to dominate this battle. We're going to, you know, take it to the enemy, whatever. Everyone's thinking that way. And like I said, at a, at a very subtle level, that, that breeds fear in the enemy. And the way we act and the way we think and the way we show up on the battlefield breeds fear in the enemy. Now, they may not even know it, but it, it, it happens, right? And that's why they, you know, their actions and reactions are going to be weaker than ours. Mm. In Vietnam, the, the Vietnamese NVA used to call the SEALs devils with green faces because of the, just the way they get, you know, the, the, the operators back then would show up in the middle of the jungle, you know, out of nowhere and their faces were painted because they were, you know, they were using camouflage and they learned how to stalk and to be completely silent as they moved through the jungle. And they would literally just show up and wreak havoc on the enemy and then disappear. And, um, and that's what I mean. Like that's, that's an energetic, that's a, you know, obviously there's practical skills, but it's also a mindset that the seals had that, Hey, we're going to be devils of green faces and we're going to scare the, you know, what out of the enemy. And they won practically every altercation. You know, we had 36 seals, who were, um, you know, unfortunately killed in Vietnam, most of them from accidents, like helicopter accidents and, and boating accidents. Isn't that interesting? That's, that, that is crazy. So, uh, yes, so we do need to do this again. In the interim, Mark, where should people go to connect with you if they want to learn about Seal Fit? I know you got the Unbeatable Mind book and course, and, uh, you know, where do you want people to find you? Well, I think you said that if, if someone's interested in these principles, then um, there's two books that I have out that are, that, you know, kind of cover down on them. One is probably the first one to read is Unbeatable Mind, where I introduce these principles. And then the second is called The Way of the Seal. Both are great books for, I, I hear, um, for, for learning these principles. And then if um, you want to find me on the web, Seal Fit, all one word, S-E-A-L-F-I-T.com has a ton of 
uh, content, a ton of, you know, free resources and we've got some great video training and, um, and that's where all our events, you know, our sheepdog type training is our 50 hour hell week simulation called Kokoro camp. We have a 12 hour one called 20 X. We have a new 24 hour crucible called the 20 XL stuff like that. Well, and last little thing, man, if, if somebody's out there listening right now and, and they're realizing they're going, whoa, I am so far from this unbeatable mind. Like I am so not mentally tough. Like I'm losing every battle in my head before it even begins. And, you know, maybe for the first time they're having that epiphany. Like I thought all of this mental stuff was hooey fooey. And now, you know, here you have one of the toughest beings on the planet talking about this, uh, you know, other than connecting with you, of course, and, you know, the books and stuff, what's like a, you know, one practice you would suggest you go, you need to start doing this immediately. Yeah. That's the first skill I alluded to earlier, box breathing. And, uh, you know, if this is the only thing that someone gets out of this podcast of yours and it's time well spent. And so that is simply to begin a daily practice of breathing where you breathe through your nose, your nostrils, with your mouth closed and ideally your eyes closed and just sit in a chair, straight spine, and you're going to inhale to a count of four or five, hold your breath for a count of five, exhale for a count of five, hold your breath for a count of five. So you're breathing in a box or a square pattern. And to do this, a minimum of five minutes, but ideally for 20 minutes a day. Best time is probably first thing in the morning when you wake up. This is not meditation, but although it has the, it's the precursor to meditation because it's, a, it's got the physiological benefits of, of resetting your, your nervous system, bleeding off stress, and clarifying your mind. And so literally, you're going to detox your mind and get your mind really focused. And then the secondary benefit is it's a concentration practice. And a lot of people fail with meditation because they, the preparatory practice for meditation is concentration. And so we need to learn how to concentrate on this one thing. And that box breathing pattern is the one thing. And so this, this practice in itself, I've got, you know, surgeons who use it for surgery, you know, during their surgery. And of course, Navy SEALs practice this, you know, variations of this and um, all sorts of people have found, you know, great benefit from it. So I, I would start there. I love it. Mark Devine, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and check him out, follow him. And Mark, man, I mean, first of all, thank you for your service and uh, just for what you do and also for your your model and example and all the SEALs, the more that we learn about the SEAL culture, it's just like, it's the thing that's even more impressive to me is these elite human beings who then lay it all down 100% for everybody other than themselves. And I think... That is just, that is such an inspiring uh, vision to sort of pursue and live up to. So we appreciate you, man. Oh yeah. Thank you for saying that. Thanks for having me on as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you ever thought that anything related to positive mental attitude or positive self-talk or m- motivation or any of that stuff was hooey-fooey, hopefully you just completely had your mind changed. That was incredible to me, to hear about how perhaps the most extreme physical athletes, performers in the world, Navy SEALs, are all about 
focusing the conditioning of the mind and now here you've got number one of the the number one in buds training and you know there's only been a very handful of you know how many of those have there been i mean probably maybe a few hundred or something um uh, one of the top performers in the world talking about this this process of creating an unbeatable mind and that it's really uh, the, the mind part. I think that's just huge. And so if you enjoyed that, I want to encourage you to tweet and uh, say hello to Mark Devine. His e, uh, Twitter address is at Mark Devine, D-I-V-I-N-E. And, you know, you can ask him questions. And if you copy me in it, I'll try to help reinforce it in case you have a question you want to get answered or just, um, you know, see, tell him hello and thank him, thank him for his service and let him know that you heard him here on the podcast um, really helps a lot. And of course, my handle is Rory underscore Vaden. But I just wanted to, I guess, as a student, share for you, just like always, this, this is what I took away from that. And this is not so much anything that I want to, to add to it or forward to it. These were more of, I, I went back and listened to this a couple of times because it was, I, 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 truthfully, I was, I was listening to this and went back and listened to it because I was like, this is something that I think will help me get to the next level. It is, it's the mental conditioning. And you know, at some point, uh, that's all it comes down to, right? Is, is, is this, this mental preparation and creating the unbeatable mind as Mark calls it. And it speaks to me just powerfully because I have so much respect for Navy SEALs and for anybody who serves our country or really anybody who serves anybody that is, is bigger than themselves. And so here are my five you know, big takeaways, just boiling it down to, to make it actionable. First of all is this, this, this concept of 20X. 20X, and Mark enforced this. I've heard other Navy SEALs talk about this, that this is one of their core concepts, that the body can take damn near anything. It is your mind that needs conditioning. And this is a similar conversation that we have with coaching clients, right? People say, well, you know, I've been in coaching for 20 years and, and why do I need a coach? You know, I, I know everything about this industry. Well, number one, no, you don't. Um, there's always more to learn. And you hear, you know, people like Mark talking about how they're always learning. And number two, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's about getting yourself to the next level, to the next mental level. And that requires training it requires development it requires coaching it, it there's a there's a, a level of of growth that sort of takes place and and preparing our minds is perhaps the most valuable business activity that we can do because as we build our minds as we educate our minds and we inform our minds and we strengthen our minds and we become tougher we become capable of doing anything and I think a lot of us think it's it's the body that would give out first, but it's it, it, it's not really. I mean, the body is 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 strong, relatively speaking, but the mind wants to be safe. The mind wants to be comfortable. The mind wants to keep us, con, you know, wants to pursue convenience and conserve energy. And so, it's our mind that is always sort of working against us. And I think that is that's just huge. Is is realizing that your body, you know, can take. 20x what you think it can. And so physically, you're much stronger than you think. Physically, there's more energy inside of you than you can even fathom. And if these guys can be running 10 miles on a beach with a 350-pound log after they haven't had sleep for four days, 
it it really presses the limits of what is possible. So that was huge, right? The, the just the power of the body. And and one of the things I wanted to highlight on that was where he said the purpose. And this was subtle, but I I heard it like the third time I went back and listened to the episode. He said the purpose of the training is not to prepare you physically. The purpose of the training isn't to teach you skills. The purpose of Hell Week, the entire sole purpose, is to teach you to believe that anything is possible. The purpose of Hell Week is to teach you to believe that anything is possible. That is so powerful. It is, is, is such a salient point and just understanding that the power of belief and coming from pushing yourself to the limits and growing and, and going to the next level is just huge. The second thing that I really loved was this concept of the warrior gene. And he was talking about, you know, if the Navy SEALs ever learned, if, if there is such a thing as activating the warrior gene, the Navy SEALs have figured out how to turn it on. But the, the part that was really powerful for me and I didn't, this is again, I didn't pick this up the first time I listened, was when he said, you know, we, we, we've figured out how to turn on the warrior gene. So the first couple of times I heard that, I was like, yeah, of course, you got to learn how to be tough, right? You know, turn on the warrior gene, like prepare yourself for battle. But when I went back and listened to it again and again, what he said was the warrior gene was not about preparing yourself for battle. The warrior gene was learning to put your teammates above yourself. So when I first heard the concept, it struck me as sort of a a self-preservation concept or a self-empowerment concept or a a self-development concept. It's like, oh, this is something to develop myself, my own strength. But what he actually says after it, if you listen closely, is he said, that is about learning to put your teammates so far above yourself. Nothing gets done alone. As a SEAL, everything gets done as a team. And I think this is such a cool message because everywhere you look today, it's like entrepreneurship is the hip, cool, trendy thing. And look, I, I, I love entrepreneurship. I believe in it. I'm a, I'm a fan of it, a practitioner of it. I, a lot of my friends are. There's, there's certainly nothing wrong with it. I think it's a good thing. But I think there's not enough celebration of the power of teamwork. And hearing them talk about the warrior gene is a servant gene. It is... It is a selfless gene. It is, it's embracing that idea, you know, this concept is an old African proverb that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go with the team. And when we think about being a warrior, typically we think about being a passionate, strong individual. But here, what Mark is saying is that being a warrior is about being a team player. It's it's about knowing that every person on the team matters. Every single person on that team is competent. Every single person on that team is capable. And that together as a team, you will do more than you will do by yourself. And when you lay it down for the team, when you look out for the team, when you coalesce as a team, that is, is where the magic really happens, which is number three that I want to talk about, which is that teamwork is a multiplier. Teamwork is a multiplier. And depending on how long you've followed this podcast, 
you know, we talk of one of the concepts of our of, of one of our more recent books here was about how to multiply time. The I think you know the little spiel you heard up front is is today we're we're talking about a free webinar on how to multiply time. We are thinking about multiplication and exponential growth, and that's just a part of what we do at Southwestern Consulting. Is we're we're helping individuals create exponential growth through one on one coaching. We're helping organizations create exponential growth through keynotes and consulting, and you know through our various training and thing. And so multiplying is a something that has our attention and multiplying time is this concept that we've been advancing. Well, he was talking about teamwork being a multiplier, that if you have a bunch of people who understand the power of 20X and you, you, it's not just 20 times 20, it's 20 times 20 times 20 times 20. And you have these elite performers who are all bought in, who all understand that and, and who are, are committed to the team. That is where you outperform your opponents. That is where you rise to levels of success that you can't even imagine, that that is is where the magic takes place. Teamwork is the great multiplier. And you don't see that on social media. You see you know, quit your day job and, and, and work on the, on, on, you know, start your own thing or have a side hustle or do this or that. And again, I'm not against those things. Certainly it's all, you know, depends on each person's situation, what their strengths are. But what I don't see people talking about, which he is clearly saying is like the definitive competitive advantage of Navy SEALs is that it's about the team. It's not about advancing the individual. It's not about celebrating individual performance. It's about the unit. And I think if more of our companies operated in that sense where it wasn't about the individual, it was about the unit, I think we would all get much, much further. The fourth thing that he brought up, and he mentioned this kind of consistently all throughout, was the concept of a trained mind. A trained mind. It's this idea that... that that your brain, your mind, your attitude, your outlook, your perspective, however you want to call it, whatever term you want to use, has to be trained. It has to be conditioned. Almost as if to say that the mind left to its own accord is somewhat weak. And honestly, I think that's true. Again, it's 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 not because we're weak, it's because our mind is designed to keep us safe, to keep us comfortable, to keep us secure, to conserve energy. But that's not what creates ultra performance. Ultra performance is about taking risk. It's about embracing challenges. It's about pushing ourselves to the limits. And so you have to shape your mind. You have to condition your mind. And so the question is like, what are you doing to condition your mind? What are you doing? And I know I'm somewhat preaching to the choir here. I would say, you know, by virtue of listening to this podcast, you're doing something, which is which is great. I mean, that's a huge, huge step. And I love the affirmation. This is something that I'm taking away from Mark. The affirmation of it's easy day, easy day. And and just I think that's so powerful. Just easy day, easy day. I remember when we used to go door to door, we used to say, everybody's getting, everybody's getting them, or let go, let God, let go, let God, let go, let God. I would say that out loud all day between sales calls and uh, or the answers behind the next door, the answers behind the next door. And so I, you know, I've had those in my mind for years, as many of the people on our team have, because we come from that that southwestern heritage that just ingrains positive self-talk into us from the time that we're, we're young. 
And uh, but I love easy day. I love that. That's a great one. Just easy day, easy day, easy day. You got this. I thought I think that's cool, and that's that's a, that's a powerful thing. But what you're doing there is you're training your mind and you're focusing your mind on the positive, so that you disallow your mind from focusing on the negative. You have to have a trained mind. And then the fifth thing, and this is a short one, but this was so powerful, was he said. It's about the alignment of body, mind, and spirit. Ultra performance is about the alignment of body, mind, and spirit. I love that because it's, you'll hear people say, oh, it's, it's, you know, ultra performance is about the body, right? Like that's what I think about Navy SEALs or, or professional athletes. It's like, oh yeah, you got to have this incredible body. Or if you hear, you know, business people, they'll say, oh, well, it's all about your mind, right? Like knowledge is power and, and you, you have to learn and you have to gra- gather new information in order to really, you know, have a chance to grow your business. And then you have spiritual leaders out there, or maybe maybe people like uh, your pastor, or maybe a yoga instructor, or, or or somebody who talks about sort of mindfulness or consciousness that you come across, and it's like, oh, well, you have to get your, you know, it's all about this this sort of connection with the metaphysical, with God, with with the spirit, and and people t- typically tend to advance, you know, whatever is the one that they're teaching. But I heard, you know, what Mark was talking about very clearly, which is also something that we talk a lot about at Southwestern, is the alignment of body, mind, and spirit. Um, in our case, I think we focus more on mind and spirit, um, but we talk all, internally. So many of our top producers internally at Southwestern Consulting are people who are in great physical shape. You know, we had Ron Alford on the show last week or maybe a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he's a guy that runs ultra marathons. We have a couple ultra marathon runners on our team. We have several people who are in incredible shape. We have a lot of people on our team, uh, you know, like that, that, that have these, these strict workout regimens. We have people on our team that don't drink alcohol, like because there's, they understand this connectivity between the three. And I thought it was really powerful when Mark said, you'll never reach the height of your potential until you maximize the potential in each of the three areas. And then we're having all three of them work together. That is when you really access your power. That is when you really access your potential. That is when you really find out what is possible. So your action item for the week, what I would just you know, have, you, have you think about is uh, obviously we pointed to some other resources here that you can always go look and, and, and listen if you're interested in the next step and, and reading. But my question for you is, which of those three, body, mind, or spirit, which, if any, or all of those three, are you not reaching your potential? And identify where do you have the biggest opportunity for growth? And focus in on it because that is how you're going to create this unbeatable mind. Well, that about wraps up the Action Catalyst podcast for this week. If you haven't yet, please log in to whatever your favorite medium is to listen to the show and both rate this podcast and leave a comment as that helps new prospective listeners determine if the show's really a good fit for them. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst, and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.